So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. Guys, today we have a, um, a really um, insightful person in the world of powerlifting. He's been super involved in the sport. Um, he is the founder and owner of Team Roar Powerlifting, where they train anyone from true beginners all the way up to world champions, and um, as well as being a member of the USA Powerlifting Executive Community. Guys, I don't think there's anybody in the world of powerlifting who doesn't know who Josh War is, um, and if they don't, they should. So really excited for this guest on today, and uh, Josh, without further ado, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm super excited. You know, um, I got to work, had the opportunity to work with you a little while ago, and as I was kind of like setting up guests for like uh, that I wanted to get on here, I was like, why have I not reached out to Josh yet? That's such a no-brainer. Uh, yeah, right. You're a wealth of knowledge to the sport, man, and uh, we work with a lot of powerlifters, and um so it's really cool to get you on the show and be able to and work with you on, on a more professional level here um so josh i guess like the first question that i would have for you um we're both ohio boys uh oh, yeah what uh what got you into powerlifting and um yeah let's just start there and where's where's it kind of taking you with your career well uh i actually got started in high school football um uh-huh. i was i grew up on a dairy farm was always kind of the strong kid that wasn't very athletic um, yeah, so, that farm you know, boy kinda, strength. yeah, kind of got into the, the weight room, um, training with the football players and then they, they kind of talked me into playing. Um, I wasn't very good, but ended up, um, you know, my, by my senior year ended up being the starting linebacker. Um, second fastest guy on the team, second strongest guy on the team weighing a buck 50. Um, <laughs> and basically after football season, my senior year, my coach signed me up for a local high school powerlifting meet, just kind of like a you know, nothing official, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then told me about it after the fact that he signed me up and ended up, you know, I was all about it though. Uh, but ended, yeah. up win- ended up winning my weight class in the very first meet I ever did. So that kind of got me hooked. For um, sure. Then ended up, you know, after, after high school, went to college and ran into a girl there that had also competed in that high school powerlifting meet that I just, I never met, but remember seeing her. And we ended mm-hmm. up starting a powerlifting team at Ashland University. And um, from there, we both actually qualified for the Collegiate Nationals. And she won, uh, she won Nationals her freshman year, and I got sixth place. And then my sophomore year, I ended up winning. Um, so Dang. it was just kind of a, kind of a you know, fluke. Like if I wouldn't have ran into her, I doubt that I would have even thought that there was powerlifting beyond the high school level because she was already signed up to go 
uh, yeah. to, to that collegiate meet that I didn't even know existed. And, you know, fast forward, now I'm part of the executive committee for the organization as a whole. So <laughs> pretty crazy. Dude, for sure. And, and, you know, and you won that. So wait, so you started powerlifting or you started lifting in high school, you said like what, sophomore, junior year, something like that? Yeah. Started lifting. I started lifting as a freshman. I mean, I, I was lifting at home kind of, you know, buck, buck, <laughs> We had uh, on the farm, we, we'd fill up buckets of feed and with like a broomstick and I'd be lifting those just for fun um, <laughs> yeah. before I actually got any, any actual weights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but we did, you know, once we, once I started lifting with the high school team, um, you know, that was freshman year, I guess, officially lifting. Gotcha. Went yeah. There. That's awesome. And was it frustrating for people that you beat at, that you smoked at nationals for, um, they'd be like, wait, you didn't even know this was a thing until like, until a girl showed you how it was done or were they like, I oh, know. That's my um, man. Welcome to the club. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those things. Like my first year uh, at, at the collegiate level, like I didn't know anybody, um, mm-hmm. and you know, the first year I placed sixth out of I don't know thirty or something like that. So people kind of at least had an idea who I was the next year. Um, yeah, but you know, everybody was pretty supportive. I mean, I will say that you know, lifting was always kind of my outlet. So like, I spent more time in the weight room than other people. I mean, so yeah. you know, not to not to sound braggy, but I mean, I felt like I kind of earned it in terms of how much work I put in. Oh my gosh, Um, man. I mean, you don't go from, you don't, I mean, you don't hit a national or you don't become a national champion by just kind of like lucking into it. Yeah. The the irony of everything though, is had I met, you know, you back then, uh, I would probably not have some of the issues I have now because, you know, (laughs) back in college, you can do anything and you don't have to worry about recovery. You don't have to worry about anything else. And for sure you pay for those things later. Yeah, you can just grip and rip, baby, right? Yeah, Not that's right. Anything. <laughs> Let it roll. That's right, man. Um, okay, so then, so you, you placed first, um, your second time competing on the national stage, and then and then what? Are you are you like, okay, I, I can make this into a career? Or are you already kind of thinking that at that point? Well, that was kind of already my, my thought process a little bit. So, you know, well, after I won nationals, I ended up going to, uh, I made the national team, so I got to compete in South Africa at the world championships nice. place fourth. But at, even at that point, my, my intent was to go into like collegiate strength and conditioning, be a strength conditioning coach for a university or something like that. You know, primarily yeah. I wanted to work with football and athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess that kind of changed um, my senior year. You know, I was already accepted into graduate school and, and things like that. Um, I came down to Atlanta uh, mm-hmm. for spring break and ran into Sherman Ledford, um, at quest nutrition and athletics, um, where I work yeah. now. And he's, nice. you know, he, he was kind of helping me out and stuff too, back then as well. So I came down and, you know, just to train on the way to, we were going down to Florida, but you know, he just kind of said something, you know, almost just off the top of his head. He's like, man, he's like, if you ever just want to move to Georgia and train power lifters, you know, out of the gym here, you're more than welcome. And that just kind of stuck with me because I had no intention of doing anything but graduate school at that point. Um, right. So, you know, that would have been probably April that we were here on spring break and then graduated in May. And then middle of May, I was moving to Georgia. I mean, it just, everything Dang. just kind of out of nowhere, spur of the moment. And, you know, I, I'll tell you what, it. yeah, one of the best decisions I think that I've ever made because, you know, I love what I do. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a little bit of luck, I guess, in a, in a way, because powerlifting wasn't near as big as it is now. So mm-hmm. when I first moved here, there weren't a whole lot of people like that were actually hiring powerlifting coaches. It was mostly just, you know, you're training with your buddies if you compete and then, you know, doing personal training to kind of pay the bills. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, by 2000 and 
2008, 2009, 2010, powerlifting really started to kind of grow. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, you know, when I, when I moved to Georgia in 2007, there was maybe, I don't know, uh, 60, 70 members of USA powerlifting in Georgia. And now we're over, you know, closing in on five, 600. So That's it's crazy, just, man. yeah, it's just gotten way bigger and way up. more popular. And, and, you know, people are in some ways smarter now. Like, uh, <laughs> and what I mean yeah. by that is like, when I started, it was just, you know, try everything. And, you know, if you get hurt, don't do that next time. But now people yeah. <laughs> are, people are learning from other people's mistakes and hiring sure. coaches and things like that. So it's just really evolved and become a lot, yeah. a lot more uh, efficient, I guess, in terms of developing athletes. Oh, and you can see it, man. You know, like, I mean, the numbers that people are putting up now are just insane, absurd, right? Yeah, and, it's uh, off the chart. Yeah, and it, and it just gets better all the time. And that's a, and it's a great, uh, uh, that's a great compliment to coaches like yourself that are taking these young guns and these athletes and letting them learn from some of the mistakes you've taken or, or just putting your, your knowledge out there for people to be able to learn from. Because on top of you doing training yourself and everything that you do with team or powerlifting, like, I mean, you – we were having a little bit of a conversation beforehand and you're talking about how you, you have some a course coming up through USA powerlifting. And you're talking about like, look, I don't care if that turns into a damn client. Like I just enjoy the sport. And then if I can make one person get into it as well, or if I can make one person a little bit stronger or make it just get, improve their technique that much more then that's a win. And uh, it's, that's a special attribute to have. And there's not a lot of people that have that. And um, I think that's, it's easy to see that it's people like yourself that's pushing this sport forward. Um, so when you, wh what is it like for you when, um, when you're working with a novice weightlifter, right? So um, do you, do you, first of all, do you get a ton of people that, do you work with a ton of, ton of like beginners or do you try to work with more higher end or uh, more experienced, we'll say uh, trainers or lifters at this point, or um, wh where do you, where do you like, who do you like to train? I guess is a good question to ask. Honestly, I love both because too much of any one can kind of burn. I get, I don't want to say I get bored easy, but it's a nice change of pace working with newer sure. lifters versus, you know, the really advanced ones, you know, so working with a newer lifter, I guess the positives of that are they're like a clean slate. So they mm -hmm. haven't been taught bad habits. They, they don't have it in their head that what they've been doing is the right way or wrong way. They're just mm -hmm. completely open to learning. And, and that's great because then you can really, you know, set, set the, I guess, build the base correctly from the ground up. And, you know, I, I really take pride in developing athletes from scratch. Um, yeah. You know, a couple of my national team members, when they started, they were, you know, they had never competed in powerlifting, a um, couple of them never even, you know, played sports or lifted weights before. So, you know, yeah. we really took them from ground zero to, you know, national level, international level competitor. Um, That's awesome. And then on the flip side, you know, I really do like working with, you know, the elite level lifters too. You know, the ones that have already been successful, but they're stalled out and they need that, you know, they need that second eye, somebody else to look at mm -hmm. it and say, you know, what am I missing to get to that next to the next level up, you know? So, you know, yeah. it's, it's a big game of chess in a lot of ways that, and well, side note, I love playing chess. So yeah. it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. chess, it's chess with, you know, programming, it's chess with, you know, technique work. I mean, it's, you know, finding the imbalances, you know, some of the recovery modalities, um, all of those things play a role. I mean, 
you know, nutrition, all of those things. But, you know, primarily there's always a missing link or two, especially at that elite level that is what's holding you back from getting to the next little bit higher. So for sure, figuring out what that, that is and developing that's fun. Yeah. Do you find that that thing is, um, a, just a lot of times just an overlooked component of training? Like it's, it's almost like glaring to you or is it, cause I'm sure like, it's with anything, right? Like you, when you, when you're in your, and when you're in your groove or you're, or you're doing things in a certain way and, and you've, you've succeeded at a certain level, you can almost like develop blind spots. Right. And when yep. you're getting that second set of eyes on you can, it, it can be such a simple thing. Cause we, I see that all the time in the clinic where someone's like, Oh, it's gotta be because my toe doesn't flex enough. Right. That's why I'm having all these issues up on my hip on the other side. I'm like, no man, like you, uh, you just have really bad hip mobility on that side. Like let's clean that up a little bit and see where we go. And yep. uh, I'm sure you see something similar like that too. Yep. And it's almost the exact same thing, you know, same concept. A lot of times it's being overthought mm -hmm. and there's so many different, you know, training methods out there. So many different, you know, programs to follow, you know, high volume, daily undulating periodization, doing all these things that are very effective, but sometimes you can get caught up in all of the complexities of all of those things. And you just forget the most basic fundamental principles of training Right. And honestly, that's a lot of times what we see is just, you know, okay, let's get rid of all of that fancy, you know, noise and let's just focus on the, the, the basics. And yeah. a lot of times immediately, you know, within a month we see progress. So that's huge. You know, and that's not always the case, but you know, a lot sure. of times, a lot of times it is just, you know, yeah. you just get, you, you start thinking more is better, more is better. And you get to the point where, you know, you're starting to regress because you're not recovering and, you know, you're spending so much time on all these other things that, you know, it's just, you're not, you're not, you're not putting all your, all your eggs into the basket that really matters the most. For sure. Yeah. You're getting, getting a little too spaced out. I think, um, there's, there's, um, it's a really good point in terms of uh, like the psychology of just letting yourself kind of be a beginner at something again and letting yourself kind of take a step back from the complexities that you're talking about. And I, I mean, I think it's when you do that, the, the stress of the sport or the stress of what you're trying to do and the frustrations of all that can really kind of go away. And then uh, now you're, you're, you're having fun almost again with the sport. Cause a lot of like the higher end athletes that we get to work with as well, just, just like you, I'm sure it's almost like, you've gotten too, so much into the weeds of everything that you, that you forget to kind of enjoy the process along the way and like why you kind of are into sports to begin with. And that's a huge part of it that, you know, we haven't even really talked about is, you know, the psychology of it. If you don't enjoy it, if it's a job to you, then, you know, it's just one of those things like that 2% of excitement is so mm -hmm. important because, you know, you lose that 2%, that's 2% harder. You And I'm making up 2%. That's not sure. a real number, but that, that's, yeah. uh, you know, that extra 2% of, of excitement and effort you're putting into the workout. I mean, just that can be, that can be everything. For sure. Yeah. And then, um, okay. So then you, you talked about, go backwards a little bit here. You were talking about how, um, you know, you, you'll work with people who have never touched a barbell in their life or never been like, never really been an athlete. Are these people reaching out to you? Or are you, like going into, are you like, are the, you kind of like stumbling across these people when you see some, see something like, oh man, that person would make a great power lifter. <laughs> oh, I'm always recruiting. Like I'm always looking. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, if I'm at Kroger, if I'm walking down the street, I mean, I'm, I'm stereotyping <laughs> people like, Hey, they're kind of short, kind of, kind of muscular looking. I wonder <laughs> if they could be a good power lifter. And a lot yeah. of times, I, you know, I'll, I'll go up and talk to people about it. And most nice. people give me the weird look and, you know, don't want nothing to do with it. But, but every now and then <laughs> no, you, you find it. that, yeah. you find that diamond in the rough. Um, 
you know, but you know, people do find me out of nowhere too. So, you know, one of our, one of our lifters, I won't say his name, but his, uh, his wife basically called me up, found me on the internet somehow and wanted, mm. uh, wanted to buy a couple sessions for his birthday. And, yeah. you know, most times that works out where the, the person really isn't <laughs> interested. They're just doing it because yeah. they have to fulfill it. Well, yeah, so he never really lifted before. Um, came in, did a couple sessions, loved it. Um, I think we're going on. Let's see, that would have been 2012. So we're going on, you know, nine years Eight, now. Nine and years, yeah. Yeah, he he placed second at nationals uh, two years ago. Was on the national team. Um, Damn. And, and you know, there's probably for every every one of him, there's probably another ten or fifteen that come in once or twice, and they're just not about it. And that's fine. yeah, um, yeah. But he he really loved it, took to it, and um, you know, like I said, it doesn't happen overnight. It was nine years For of sure. work. Um, yeah, but he's he's got to that point where he's competing at the international level now. So um, that's the awesome. part that I really enjoy is is finding those. You know, I I don't care if you're the most talented. I I really don't give a shit about that. Um, yeah. If you're willing to work and and put in the effort and and work hard at it, it'll you'll get to where you want to be. For sure. Well, I think that's the beauty of powerlifting, man, is that uh, you can't cheat the process. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone's on the same playing field. Everyone's got those, those same timelines. Like, of course, you're going to have your studs that can like make bigger jumps than, than others. But, like, at the end of the day, man, if you're not putting in the work, like, <laughs> there's no getting around that. Yeah, and, and, and powerlifting is funny about that because, you know, you – you have to be content like with the process like enjoy the process of it because mm -hmm. if you don't you're never going to make it because you right. work you know once you get to the, even that elite level i mean there's people that train you know 5 6 days a week for a full year to add 5 kilos to their bench press and that's yeah. that and that's a great progress you know for somebody that's already <laughs> yeah. at that somebody that's already at that high level so you know you yeah. have to you have to enjoy it because you know, on the surface, people are like, why would you ever, you know, put yourself through that just to <laughs> yeah. bench press five kilos more than you do now, you know? But. For sure. Well, when people don't get it, man, and I set those those expectations up quite a bit for people where, um, especially recently, with the new year, everyone's trying to set new fitness goals, and dude, the, the vanity goals will only take you so far, you know? Yeah. Like, um, like, if you want to get super yoked and that's your only goal, like, I mean, sure, you, you'll have some motivation there, but it's uh that, that performance-based goal that i think is so important for people like when you work with your elite powerlifters for them to get another five kilos after a year of work like how exciting is that <laughs> you know like, yeah and it's it's measurable i mean it, you yeah know, that's you know we've had bodybuilders and we've had you know figure competitors and stuff like that 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 was their their draw to powerlifting is like it's not subjective like it's a measurable like yep quantitative number that you can measure yourself against your previous self for sure for sure now, do you see a lot of people um, coming in so they'll get introduced to the world of lifting through a sport like CrossFit, and yeah. then they'll find like, oh, I actually really like deadlifting and squatting. Uh, let's shoot over to, or let's let's branch off into like a powerlifting sport, and then they'll reach out to you, and be like, hey, I don't have any, I don't have any like experience in um, like um, powerlifting in and of itself, but I am a CrossFitter. And then, uh, do you see do you see that quite a bit? And do they yeah. have a little bit of a heads up or? Are there all these different types of techniques that now you're trying to beat out of somebody's head or <laughs> kind of all it's, over the place? It's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. Usually they have a very good baseline of strength coming in, um, yeah. but it's very uh, – I don't know if I'll offend anybody here, but it's usually very sloppy. 
so it, it needs <laughs> so a lot fine. of yeah. it needs a, needs a lot of fine tuning um mm -hmm. you know because they're most most of the crossfit workouts that are barbell related are you know getting a lot of reps quickly and, and a time mm -hmm. component to it so it's basically just by any means necessary you know and sure. in the sport of powerlifting you're only doing one rep <laughs> for a heavy yeah. max and you know you're judged on how low you squat all of those things and you know you, you really want to it's a trade-off between you know getting yourself in the most mechanical advantageous position and also meeting the standards of the referees as you're being sure. as you're competing so you know we look at all of that and you know mm -hmm. waiting on the referees to give a command so there's a you know discipline of waiting after you stand back up not celebrating and running into the rack right away just little <laughs> things like that that just yeah. change change your mindset a little bit about how you have to approach it and um, mm -hmm. it's a it's a you know it's a lot of fun it, it is a to a degree you know undoing some things For but sure. it's but it's also adding a lot of things that people realize you know that they've been missing so yeah oh my gosh for sure and then of course you got to get over the the whole idea of like for some reason anytime you want to do anything that's like bench press related now that's got like this negative connotation just being a bro workout now yeah well, <laughs> it's like bro that's a, that's a third of what we do man <laughs> yeah um, and, and i think you know i think that's you know that is a I, I will say this like every the problem with bench is it gets a bad name just because everybody like you said do does it in the gym and yeah. a lot of people hurt their shoulders because they don't do it correctly i mean if you do anything sure. if you do anything wrong you're going to hurt yourself and i think you know you know, so i i don't remember where i saw this but uh there was a t-shirt or something i saw where you, you know reasons not or why I, why i'm not a world champion power lifter i can't squat because i have bad knees i can't bench because i have bad shoulders and I can't deadlift because I, I have the bad back. And yeah. <laughs> then it, it's just like, well, that's, I don't know, it's just frustrating. Well, you can't get power lifter then, man. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You should fix all of your shit and do it right and you'll be fine. Yeah, right? Like it's, it's, not, the, uh, it's not the deadlift that's hurting your back, bro. It's, it's how you're doing that deadlift that's hurting your back. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, my gosh. I have so many people that will come in. And uh, I'm sure you get this too, man. Like I, we look at coaches and trainers as, as – huge pieces of the um, health world um, because you, a lot of times you guys are first responders essentially to people in pain. Like they're going to talk to you or you just have eyes on them a lot more than we will too um, when, when they have issues. But man, it's so frustrating when I work with somebody that's come from, we'll say another physical therapist or an orthopedic surgeon or something like that. And, and like they're fearful of doing something like a deadlift and they're like, ah, no, I can't. That's going to, it's going to hurt my back. I'm like, so do you just live in fear like your whole life? Like anytime you go to pick up anything, is that just uh, is that just a roadblock that you have to get over? Or um, or when I say, okay, well, let's watch you deadlift. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you have. And I mean, they're lifting with like the weight super far away from them or, you know, they're almost in like a snatch position or they're like, their hips are up way too high and they're doing like a, like a stripper deadlift essentially. Or um, I mean, there's all these different types of things that'll happen where, it's like, oh no, it's not that. It's not the deadlift that's bu that's bugging you, bro. It's the uh, it's how you're it's how you're executing, and we can clean that up quite a bit. Yeah, and I think you know that just kind of goes with what you're saying. There, there's probably a, a lot more. You know, this might not be accurate, but there, there's a lot of bad coaches. There's a lot of bad physical therapists. There's a lot of bad yeah. chiropractors. Um, and and I was on the you know for a while, like when people would ask about seeing a physical therapist, I'm like, no, 
physical therapists are garbage. Yeah. Um, because that was my experience with clients coming in telling, you know, relaying to me what they were told by their physical therapist. Like they had yeah. back problems. So they were told not to lift heavy anymore. I'm like, that's right. not, that's not the answer. And then, you know, I started working with you guys and that kind of flipped the switch a little bit for me. Like, okay, well not every physical therapist is a, is a, is garbage. You know, <laughs> some yeah. actually do understand what, what the real issues are. Um, yeah. So, and know, I, I think, think you're wrong. Sorry, go ahead. Well, so I think that's just, you know, one of those things like, you know, I've even heard like, you know, CrossFit as a whole, a lot of people say is is bad for you. Well, I don't agree with that either. Like there are bad CrossFit coaches, but CrossFit as a whole, I don't think is bad. You know, same with powerlifting. Powerlifting is, is bad for you. Well, if you're doing it incorrectly with, you know, improper coaching, yeah, it could be, but any of those things by themselves are not bad. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, you can take it down to, okay, well, is running bad for you then? <laughs> you know, cause right. uh, there's a ton of people out there. I can, I can speak uh, on personal experience that are injured and they're trying to run <laughs> or they get hurt running. And uh, there's probably a lot more hurt runners out there right now, just from the sheer numbers game. Right. than there are from like hurt power lifters right now, you know, yep. uh, or, hurt, or hurt crossfitters. And I forget, there's research out there that shows the exact like uh, per runner incident rate, but I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but like, all these movements, like your body can handle it. Our bodies are super resilient. And what I was going to say earlier was you're, you're not wrong in that thought process. I think, you know, there's obviously painting with a very broad stroke, but you don't even have to look back like five, 10 years ago. And that was, that was like the medical world almost looked at the body as being very fragile. Right. Right. As like, uh, uh whew, you don't want to do that. And your, uh, your disc is going to shoot straight out your back and splatter against that wall there. Um, when really what happened is you started getting a lot of healthcare professionals and really listen to a lot of coaches or you get a lot of athletes that are kind of getting into it. And like, hold on, this person is doing way better with their rehab process than this person over here is, or, this person over here just put 350 pounds over their head and they're totally fine. Uh, I I'm sure. So like we must be able to be able to handle something or much lower weight over here or our bodies is very capable is, is the story at the end of the day. And it's just figuring out, well, if you can't do it or if there is pain when you do a certain movement, that should be pretty mm, elementary or rudimentary to, to a human movement behavior. Well, why is that? You know, is it technique driven? Is it biomechanical driven? Cause as you know, no, like no two squats are the same, right? right? Like there's these different guidelines that we want to follow for sure. Um, but it's, it's how it's an ebb and flow within those guidelines and everything is gray. So of course, like, man, I'll never forget. Like, um, I was working with this guy, he came in, uh, he was working with somebody and, and this isn't a knock on, on the PT, I guess, or, or the coursework by any means, but, um, they were doing a lot of PRI based stuff or postural restoration Institute and, they have a lot of great things, but they have a lot, they have some things I'm like, eh, maybe not just like with anything in the world. Right. And yeah. this guy was trying to come in and, and squat and his hips were super narrow and his, um, and his pelvis and his hips were like posteriorly rotated backwards. So he was trying to squat with like his hips rotated back. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, like, I mean, he, he just looked like a goofball, honestly, when he was trying to squat, he's like, this is what they tell me I need to do so I can engage my transverse abdominis more. When I squat, I'm like, well, don't do that. Squat how you want to. And he's like, okay. And he squatted that. And I was like, how'd that feel? I was like, that felt way better. I'm like, yeah, because it looks a lot better. It is a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so you get in this game where, and I'm sure you see it on the coaching side where 
you get this cue and that cue and this cue till or delivered to you. You're trying to listen to all these different inputs and it's, and you just get in your own head at the end of the day sometimes too. Yeah. And, and most of the time, all of those cues are correct for somebody in yeah. a certain context, but yeah. maybe not for you, you know, for sure. Oh yeah. my gosh, man. The amount of uh, like youth athletes that I work with or like collegiate football players that'll come in and I'll, and I'll assess their squat and they're squatting like with a super arched back because they've been told chest up, like it's just been like beaten into their brains, like chest up, chest up, chest up. And they're trying to like stare up at the ceiling as they go down into a squat. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you see that all the time, man. Yeah, that's like all a, the time. That's an easy note. That's like, oh, okay, so you played football, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. Like, you know, if, if I knew back then what I know now and you know, if I knew know now what I'll know in 20 years, like that would yeah. be great, you know, for sure. For sure. If you had to tell yourself, this is a, this is a loaded question. So feel free to take a second if you need to. Um, if you had to tell yourself, we'll say two things, uh, your former self when you're starting to lift um, and what you compared to like what you know now, what would be two big things that you tell yourself? It could be from a performance standpoint, injury prevention standpoint, um, just a mindset standpoint. Uh, what are just two things that you, you noticed now that you've worked with a whole array of professionals in the sport and novices in the sport and you have somebody coming into the door or you're trying to talk to your former Joshua. Uh, that's, that is a good one. Um, yeah, I, I think the biggest one, at least thinking of one would be, I guess, more flexibility and mobility work um, mm -hmm. with an emphasis on also identifying imbalances because I didn't stretch in high school. I didn't stretch in college. I'm like, I can squat low enough. I don't need to stretch, whatever. No mm -hmm. big deal. I was young. Um, and I got away with it then, but yeah. fast forward to, you know, late thirties, things don't move quite like they used to. And they're, <laughs> they're way harder to undo and fix now versus just spending some time back then. Um, so that'd be number one. And I think number two would probably be, you know, spend more time learning from other, other coaches and other athletes because, you know, you learn a little bit. So I, in a lot of ways, like I kind of, I kind of learned just from watching other people in high school and then mm -hmm. took that as I knew how to do everything. Yeah. And I knew how to do everything the way they were all doing it, which was in a lot of ways wrong. So, yeah, you know, and I think just being more open-minded and, you know, and that's something now that I've found is the more I, I put it this way, the more I learn, the more I learn how much I don't know. For sure. And, you know, when you see those coaches out there that, you know, this is the way to do it and that's what they're preaching. And, you know, our lifters squat this way or, or whatever it is like to me, that's very closed minded because, you know, I might have a overall philosophy, but certain lifters aren't built to lift that certain way. And if you're not flexible enough and knowledgeable enough to, you know, individualize those things, then you're really missing the boat. For sure. I think that's a great point, man. The more, the more you learn about a topic, the more frustrating a topic tends to get. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> you go through this, like, this, like, it's like a, this huge, like self-confidence area. And then you just got this massive dip where it's like, shit, do I know anything? And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, you know, the, the elite level lifters that come to me that, you know, they, they're getting so, you know, caught up in all of these elaborate, you know, 
advanced techniques that they start losing sight of the basics and to a degree that's the same concept like sometimes yeah. it just takes somebody to kind of really you know narrow the scope back a little bit more um to kind of get put things back into perspective so yeah kind of the same thing oh my gosh man for sure i remember uh I was probably the most confident in my skill set with Brian when I first graduated school uh, or from PT school, you know, like felt like I knew everything at that point. And then you get up in the real world and you're like, shit, I don't know. I don't know. Damn thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially like, I'll never forget. I had, um, I had this, um, so I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any military background formally, but I did a rotation at Wright Patterson air force base in Dayton, Ohio. And, um, I had, he was like one of my first patients, like by myself, like, uh, and he, uh, and I thought, I thought I was pretty good at orthopedic, especially back pain. I was like, I'll be able to, I'll be able to help this guy out. He came in, uh, he had been blown through a wall by a suicide bomber and, um, as a complication getting blown through that wall, he had, uh, had like a third of his intestines removed or something like that, had like some massive infection that he had and walked into me or had to like walk sideways through the door cause he was so massive. Like, and, uh, came to me and he was telling me all this. I'm like, I don't even know where to be. Like we never got covered, like how to take care of somebody who's blown through a wall, <laughs> you know, right. uh, it's, it's a totally different ball game. And, uh, but it's those experiences that you draw on and, and you do wish like, uh, you could have that knowledge to kind of go back to your former self because there's all different kinds of ways that you can help people as a, either from a coaching standpoint or perform a little bit better from a, from an athletic standpoint or from an athlete standpoint. Yeah. Um, sure. and, and that journey is always continuing, right? Yep. Always. So for sure. For sure. Well, Josh, man, look, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're a super busy guy. Um, so I really appreciate you uh, kind of coming on to podcast, kind of sharing some of your knowledge. Uh, if somebody wanted to reach out with you or reach out to you and guys, if any of you who are listening to this, like want to get better at powerlifting or uh, just get a little bit stronger, I guarantee you like this is the guy that can help you out. He's a he's a world of knowledge in this sport and, and, and developing strength. Um, so I would be it would behoove you to be able to do so. And if they wanted to, Josh, how would they do that? Uh, well, you can check us out on our website at teamroar.com. That's T-E-A-M-R-O-H-R. Um, or social media, Team Roar Powerlifting on Facebook and at Team Roar on Instagram. Awesome. Well, Josh, man, appreciate it. And uh, it's always good talking to you, my man. All right, you as well. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.